Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Uh, one of the great things about my friends who come on is that they know that um, they're not completely sure where we're going to go with the discussion. So it's really it's kind of hard for them to prepare. So um, that's the case with our next guest. My friend Seth Greenberg joins us. And I, I, I want to get your opinion just because I, like, I respect your opinions. You're an opinionated guy. I like it. Did you see, I'm sure you probably already have, the NBA is going to play their part of their All-Star festivities on a court made of glass. It's the LED glass. And I saw a picture of it, and it's pretty cool. I mean, and I, I think about this, like, for multi-purpose arenas, like when you have an NBA game, it's got a different three-point line than a college game. You won't have to reline the court. You just flip a switch, and the lines will come up underneath the court. They, I guess it's been used in some games before. So, Seth Greenberg, how do you feel about the glass courts? Uh, I, as long as it's safe, as not long as it's uh, is a glass court still have give like the raised courts have. It's, 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 still have handle. Obviously, don't have to worry about handling a logo that's painted on it. It's funny you say that because Joe Dumars, who's part of the committee, along with Andre Iguodala, part of the uh, uh, the people that are surprised at Iguodala from the NBA Players Association. Dumars is the executive vice president for basketball operations. They went and checked the court out last week, and they said the questions we had were, "What does it feel like?" Does it have traction? Does it have give? And he said all those answers, all those questions were answered to our satisfaction. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Is you know, you know, the one thing if you, you one thing people understand: forty-eight minute game, twenty-four hour second clock, changing ends of the floor, the size of the players, the speed of the players, stopping and starting. You know, it's almost like the whole conversation that's going on in the NFL with the the type of fields that are being played on. Certain fields are more dangerous than others. So, you know, time will tell. I mean, like, you know, he says, well, it looked right and it felt right and all that stuff's good until it's not good. <laughs> until a guy blows out his knee. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I mean, the concept, well, you know, you don't have to take three-point lines, you know, and the women's line, the men's line, uh, the, the width of the field, uh, free throw lane, you know, all those things are good. Look, technology is great as long as player safety is at the forefront of it all. So, uh, look, they, the NBA has kind of experimented with a lot of you know funky floors during the, you know that great championship they played early in the season to get people excited about you know the NBA earlier in the season, which was a great idea until the Lakers won it and now can't win again. But that's another story. <laughs> so they celebrated and hung a, a fictitious hanger on a, a banner on it. Damn, you just and, you uh, just crapping all over their championship now. I don't think that's right. Come on, man. I mean, I, look, I know we're trying to emulate. European soccer, and that's great, but the only championship that matters in the NBA is the one at the end of the season. I mean, like, regular season champions aren't celebrated. You know, NBA champions are celebrated. Yeah, I would put a banner up. I'm on their side. You know, you know for, for, as we digress. Yeah, but all right, but okay, I see your point, but... Uh... You know, you're just a, you're just a, you're like in in the, um, whatever that movie is, the, the one with. Don't uh, give me the grumpy old man. Get off my lawn. No, no, the, I'm, what I'm, was I'm, the movie? I'm also protecting I, college basketball. I too. wanted to say Days of Thunder, but it's not that one. It's the funny one with, uh, with. Um, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Yes. There we go. Yeah. So you're they're, you're just they're just the first loser. Everybody's a winner, and everybody else is just the first loser. That's uh, in your mind. That's how you look at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my man, my man Jay Will gave me that the other day. When you know, you know, you know, like we're talking about, I don't know, something, something talk about games, and see either you win or you lose. Yeah, I, I understand that, but somewhere in between, there's something. I agree. Fine, but I, I just, you know, again, I think it's a great concept. I think, uh, look, the NBA is trying to make it 
a 12-month sport. The NBA is trying to make sure that players uh, are playing year-round. The problem is, I think, what happened after that? You know, what was the load management? What has the load management been? Was there a drop-off in interest after that period of time? Because let's say there's going to be a normal drop-off of interest to some extent around the NFL playoffs. And right. then you've got to reboot you know, after Christmas, then you reboot after the Super Bowl like we all do. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, we'll see how long it lasts. I did think it was at, at that time a little little too dramatic hanging a banner, but that's just me. Well, but I, I do I, – I, I mean, I, I think, though, you're, they have a much bigger problem on their hands with load management. That to me is, I mean, when you, it was different if when we were kids, you used to go see the Knicks, it cost you five bucks just to get in. But now some guy's like saving up his whole year to go see his team play once and he walks oh, yeah. in and none of the guys are playing. I, that guy's going to be pretty pissed off, I'm going to think. Yeah, so. you're buying that big ticket to go see the best players, to you know, because that's the entertainment that you want to see. And, yeah. Yeah, you decide it's, uh, you know, it's a second of a back to back. Yes. Oh God, it's a back to back. You got to play two days in a row. <laughs> It's incredible. You're only making a million dollars a game. <laughs> and flying in a chartered plane. I remember when the Knicks would play in the playoffs because they wanted them all on TV. They would play when they played the then Baltimore Bullets and they played the game Saturday night in Madison Square Garden. It was the playoffs. Game five was in Madison Square Garden. Game six was in Baltimore and they played at a cold field house Sunday afternoon. And they didn't charter. <laughs> I think they took a bus. I mean, that's just a little different world then. Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, and not a regular season. These were in the playoffs. And if they flew, they were flying commercial. I know that. So, uh, well, I, mean, I think it's a great thing. Look, the, the, the NBA's contracts are still high because the television contracts are still high. So, obviously, with collective and bargaining, uh, that's that's the benefit. Good, you know, I'm good for them. I'm not, I'm not against anyone making money. I'm, I, I am... Uh, a little bit against the enabling. Like, you know, everyone goes to work every day. You know, I mean, you, you got to work 82 days for an exorbitant amount of money. Go to work every day. You know I mean? Like, you know, I'm not picking up the phone and saying, yeah, I don't feel like coming to work today. You know, I'm, I'm, I work two days in a row. You know, I was in the studio Monday and Tuesday. I'm not taking a five o'clock flight <laughs> and flying to Syracuse Wednesday to do the Syracuse Louisville. <laughs> I don't think that would really be good for my longevity here. No, I agree. Are you going to be in Syracuse, by the way? Or are you just saying? I am going to Syracuse to see Dang. my man Red and do the Louisville game. Oh. You're going to be there as well. I am. And last time you did a Louisville game, they won. So maybe you'll bring exactly. luck to them. And they're so. on a one-game win streak. Yes, and they are. And uh, I'm taking a 5 o'clock flight out of BDL to, uh, I think, LaGuardia. And then have to sit around there for two hours. And then uh, flying in Syracuse. Although I'm actually attempting of driving it. But I have to go to uh, Lawrence on on Thursday, so I don't want to drive my car. But I am debating whether it would be better to wake up at 6 in the morning, Ooh. drive the four hours, no. it's a four-hour drive to Houston, no. and then uh, if not, I'm waking up at 3 in the morning. Oh, well, that's even worse. So yeah, yeah maybe. So, I hate driving, but I... Kenny work because Ken, Kenny practices at, six, at 11, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, don't know. I don't have the agenda other than I know when we're leaving. We're leaving at five. You can come here and yeah. fly on the team plane. Plenty of room. Just come to Louisville. Yeah. Jump yeah. with us. I'm wor- unfortunately, I'm working Tuesday night. Yeah, a bunch of garbage. Um, right. Talking and speaking about work, how's this for a segue? Here's a guy who's working pretty hard, Armando Baycott. Let's talk about him for a minute, shall we? They That's came out. They won at home. No shock there. He came out with 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. North Carolina won relatively easily, actually, over Duke, 93 and then afterwards, he kind of said some things. I think at the end of the day, the ACC runs through me. All the top bigs I played against going into every matchup, I feel like I'm going to win. On these matchups, I take them a little bit more personal. And I knew I would dominate. Now, in fairness, he is 30 years old, right? He's been in Carolina how many years now? I'm sorry. 25, 26, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, what did you make of that statement? Does the ACC go through Armando Baycott? Uh, look, right now it's going to North Carolina, and he's part of North Carolina. And I would be less put to the spotlight of myself and more on the team, being that Harrison Ingram was the most impactful player in the game. But I mean, look, good for Armando. He's you know he has not had a great senior season or whatever. Say, what do we call this? Grad season, COVID know. year. I'm not sure what we call it. Right. He's had uh, he's had a nice season. Uh, yeah, like I always say, he is who he is. Now he was terrific, and he kicked Filipowski's rear end. Tilkowski was not very good. 
Uh, I thought that Hubert did a good job of getting him the ball early and making a statement. I thought uh, they did a good job defensively of pushing Duke out a step further. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of handling any type of dribble handoffs and Duke. Uh, and ball screens Duke ran. I think good. It's nice for him to be confident. I'd be just a little bit wary of saying a league runs through me right. when, like, four in the last five games, I was not very good. True. And I just got my tail kicked at Georgia Tech uh, as a team. So, you know, I'd probably say that if I watched a Georgia Tech film, which I did, and I watched him run middle ball screens and torture North Carolina and then watched a switch at the end of the game and saw a freshman guard, Nathan George, was a good player, you know, turn his shoulders and make a very, very tough shot to win the game, you know, I might just have be a little more humble. A little more humble. Especially when, in fairness, he's got a pretty good player playing with him. <laughs> RJ's been terrific. Ingram, Ingram is Draymond Green. Not not with the antics, right, right. But in terms of his game, he, he can stretch it, he can pass it, he rebounds. He's a physical defender. He's on the floor. Uh, he plays extremely hard. Uh, I think, like if I, I'm, I'm Uber Davis, I'm going to my assistant. Goes, I must have in our system a four man that can make plays. Brady Maddox did it for us. Hmm. Obviously, obviously, uh, kid. Last year we did. We had you know Nance. Really didn't have that skill set, but now we have a guy to do that. That makes life a lot easier and us more difficult to play. Hmm. Interesting. It is versatility and agility. Uh, Seth Greenberg's with us here as we're talking uh, the world of uh, college basketball right now. And uh, you're on your way to Lawrence, Kansas. I just got back from the, the Houston, Kansas game. You, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then the, I mean, what a weekend of basketball we had. Unbelievable. And you had oh, Car- Carolina and Duke. And I, I often thought about if the colleges worked like the NBA, where the postseason was people played on their home court, you'd only have like five teams, I think, win the championship every year. <laughs> It'd be like. Yeah, Kansas would be, especially not a Johnny Blanket first. Oh my lord! Where, how do us he? I don't know how anybody was starting over him at the beginning of the year. I'll tell you that. Uh, but he has. He's that kid can flat out play his brains out. I'm going to do something on SportsCenter on today. I mean, look, I think what is he rebounds, he passes, he makes shots. So he makes shots, he creates spacing. Um, he's he's actually much more physical. Uh, Fran Fischel made a good comparison. Mike Dunleavy. Okay, pretty I'll, good little comparison. I'll buy um, that. But he's really skilled. He's got a little edge to him. Yeah, very good cutter. He's, he's, he's not afraid. Um, he goes in there. He's not afraid to get in there. He'll yeah. rebound. He'll he'll finish yeah. strong at the rim. He's not. You know. He's and he's confident shooter. Boy, I'll tell you that. 15 I mean, point, fifteen points a game, forty four from the three, seven rebounds uh, a game in the last seven games. And I'll tell you what he does is now he opens up the floor because they were playing. They were basically playing five on three. Now he opens up the floor. So like, I'm, I'm actually going to do something. Tonight in our in our half times, they ran a little brush cut for him over the top of of KJ Adams. KJ Adams steps up. You got to chase Furfree, mm-hmm. duck in, duck in on on the side. Furfree's on with Hunter Dickinson. Boom, ball goes in. Layup. Why? Because when he makes that cut, you got to chase him. You got to defend him. He's on two man game with Furfree. Ball comes from the top. Duck in. Bam. Bucket. Similar type play. They run a little pick and pop with Adams. Obviously, you know, Houston committed two. They throw back to Adams. He skips it over to Furfree. You got to close out on him. When they close out him, what does it do? It makes you have to guard him, obviously, which creates space. Throw it to Dickinson. Boom. Layup. I mean, he, he totally changes their team. Yes. Went from a guy that couldn't make a shot to a guy that can make it, pass it, and rebound it. That's a pretty good trade. Well, and they are one of the great – they average they average 20 assists a game, which is mind-boggling. Oh, it's a phenomenal. Yeah, they're so good. It's phenomenal. I, I can understand why he would want Harris to shoot more at the beginning. It's all uh, – Oh, my God. I've been saying it the beginning of the season. I, even if you miss. I mean, yeah. You know, got take you miss. Keep, keep somebody honest. Take a shot, young man. He passes up shots all the time. But now it's not as dire with Furphy in there, is it? I mean, at the beginning, it was no, more he's pronounced. Still, he's still got to, you know, he can turn the corner. You know, I mean, that that's the one thing. You know, he can turn the corner, and he can, with his feet set, you know, he can he can shoot threes. Now, he can't shoot them off the bounce. But he's, you know, like I always say, the threat of a shot yes. opens up passing. Lanes. Absolutely, no doubt. And, you know, but with Furphy now on the floor, McCullough playing the way he's playing, and K.J. Adams, if you play too soft, he just drives it, shoots that floater. Uh I mean, it's it's really impressive. I mean, uh, and they're, you know, they have five men because you look know, like when McDowell and and 
uh, El Marco got, came in the game, and El Marco made the most ridiculous turnover towards the end of the game. Uh, those guys can defend. They're a little bit better with, with him on the floor, but the spacing, the ball movement, the pace, uh, all those things, totally different. And I, I do think this is my concern about Houston. Houston, if they can't turn you over, mm-hmm. and by blitzing or, 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 or you know, trapping the post big to big, and they can't dominate you on the glass, you know what? They have a hard time scoring. And they couldn't do any of those things against Kansas. And, well, as you move up in the NCAA, for people filling out brackets, look at the bracket. As you move up in the bracket, you're playing better teams that can pass and catch and are physical. And the reason they're better teams is because they don't give you second shots and they don't turn it over. Just something to look for in early February. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, tell me about um, this Louisville team that you got. First of all, tell me about Syracuse, who I've not seen yet this year, to be quite honest with you. What, yeah, Syracuse uh, is playing differently. They're playing man-to-man. Uh, they're playing at a warp speed. Jude Mintz is going to get to the line of eight times because he drives it really, really hard and has the ability to get fouled. Uh, he's trusting his teammates more, averaging almost seven assists a game over the last five games which is huge because uh, I think that's a big part of just maturing as a player. Uh, you know, he's got to have a, a greater trust for the guys he's playing with, especially because, if, you know, you're playing against – if you're playing against accused, the first thing you have to do is say, all right, how are we taking Judah Mitz or containing him? I don't know if you're taking him out of the game. Uh, but you got to, you've got to contain him some. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how, how are you containing him? Uh, I think that's important. They don't have a real, you know, I, I wouldn't say they have, well, let me walk out of here so I'm doing some broken ass. Um, they, they don't have a ton of compliments. J.J. Starling starting to shoot it better the last five games, so he gives him another guy that can make a shot, which is really important. Benny Williams is like a big if. He's 6'8". You just don't know what you're getting out of him. Uh, and they've got to get something from either Brown or Bell. You know, I think that's that's the big thing. If they get get two of the three of of Copeland, Williams, Brown, or Bell, Bell play well, they're pretty good. They're mm. coming off a game they got absolutely smacked against Wake Forest. Yes, they did. Uh, Red absolutely called about in his post game, which I'm very proud of because you can't you know you can't condone that type of behavior in terms of not competing the way you need to compete. Even if you get running, you know it happens. It's always going to happen every once in a while, and uh, they're fun to watch. Syracuse. And they are ten and one at home. They are yeah. holding their, holding court, holding serve rather. The dome, range, the dome ranger is no longer. I don't know if the dome ranger will be there like in the past in, in years past. Yes, I think he's but, retired. But, the, but I, the dome, but the dome is still a hard place to play. Why well, they in some ways remind me of Louisville? I mean, in the sense that. You look at them and you say, "How can they be so good one game and so bad the next?" They've been that Syracuse has been kind of. I mean, they got beat at home by Florida State by thirteen. So I mean, you know, a team that Louisville just beat, and uh, uh, and yet they Florida State's a bit the biggest F team in the league. Well, they may be their last their athleticism, but I mean, because you don't know what you're going to get because they don't always make shots, and Warley doesn't always play well, and uh, you know, but they run at so many guys at you. I, look, I think I think that um, you know the whole idea of you know you're more familiar, more comfortable, more this, more that. I mean, there's something to be said like that. I think that's just, I, you know, people get tired of me saying it, but the static around these kids, you don't know what happened that day. You don't know what, what static they're having to deal with in terms of uh, the outside voice. Uh, and I think that there's a very fine line, uh, you know, a very small margin of error for almost all teams. I, I, sa- I said this the other game day, I said, top 75 teams, very small margin of error. That far, yeah, I guess that far down would be about right. Yeah, um, it, it really is because if you go into the, you know, that's why we see these unranked teams being ranked teams. When a ranked teams are one through twenty-five, the unranked teams could be in in league play. Unranked teams win games. How about the guys up the road? Cal got beat by uh, Rick Barnes at uh, at home the other day, and of course they're ready to you know lose. And the sky's falling. Yeah, oh yeah, it is. You so. play in a good league. You play a good schedule. You can lose games. Obviously, you can't give up baskets on every set of bounds. I actually talked to Cal this morning uh, about a bunch of stuff, but I mean, you can't give up baskets on every set of bounds. You got to guard uh, ball screens and the ball better. They beat by a tougher, physical, more physical team. You know, you can't just rely on, on getting up and down and scored and playing with space and playing with pace. you got to get stops. They, you know, they, they played young defensively, and they're missing their voice. I mean, 
like BJ hasn't had a great year, but he is he is the voice of their team. He's the, he's the alpha of their team. It sounds funny, but he he and Trey Mitchell and they're also reinventing themselves. You know, they played with that small lineup with the do and Mitchell, and now they're playing with one of the bigs, sometimes two of the bigs. So uh, look, their season doesn't start until the NCAA tournament anyway. Wow, you know that's twenty. It doesn't. That's their it. season doesn't start until because the, they get judged by national championships. Well. I mean, they that, that, that. going to the Final Four. They get, and you say, oh, no, that's not true. Well, hey, if it isn't true, then how come the people are killing Cal? Because you know what? They haven't got out of the second round. So getting to the NCAA tournament, they're going to get to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, like, they're seeing, so what, what, what does that mean? I mean you got to understand what I'm saying by that. they got to be playing their best basketball in March. So he's got to figure his team out. He's got to figure his rotations out. they got to get healthy. they got to get DJ healthy. they got to get... You know, their team, you know, people say, well, why didn't Big Z play the other day? He was sick. He missed a whole week of practice. I mm. mean, he's not going to play a guy that missed a whole week of practice. It's mm. the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, really? I mean, so you you played a good league. You're going to lose games. You're disappointed. The days of just one team dominating, I think it's over. NIL, transfer portal, you can say what you want. Some people say they got seven first-round draft choices. The people that say they have seven first-round draft choices. All right, aren't drafting players? I can tell you that much. Uh, it is. I understand everything you're saying, and I'm not taking issue with any of it. Except, it's not a switch, though. You can't just turn it on when the NCAA. No, you're continuing to develop your team in February. Well, are they developing? Is the question? Oh, I think they're developing. I think I, you, well, you have two things have to do. You've got to get in shape to be to get better as a player, and you've got to have your team healthy. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they're developing. You know, they, they've got to get better. They've got to improve their defense, uh, and they've got to understand their rotations in terms of not only defense rotations, of course, defense rotations. But I mean, how, you know, how are you going to how are you playing? Uh, you, know, you got you got a lot of mouths to feed. I think that sometimes too many players is as bad as not enough players. So you're tempted to play them all. I'm not sure you can play them all. Mm. No, it's I... hard to get. It's hard to get chemistry. So then, if you don't play them all, then you got to you got to you know you got to guard your locker room. Yeah, well, you see, I, I think that, if anything, it's kind of weird. I think Lul's going through that. It seems like the, the shorter their roster gets, the better their guys are playing because they don't seem yeah. to be looking over their shoulder about who's coming out. They're just going out and playing. Now, some of it is matchup. I mean, you know you know how, how um, Leonard plays. I mean, he runs like hockey units out there. They come out and they, they try and kill themselves for three minutes and another five come in. And so the Kentucky, I mean, Louisville was just kind of in a mindset where they just reacted the whole day. They didn't really have to yeah, run. Yeah, off the switches and attack the switches. Yeah, they just you, you have to do. You, uh, can't, you can't think about, oh, my God, i got to switch. Oh, i got a big one. Let's go. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, uh, you know, it was a good matchup for them. So I don't want to read too much into it because that, ma- that makes a big difference. But the well, fact that – I mean, a uh, little guy played great. I mean, oh, Tyler was Johnson playing. was terrific, yes. Yeah, he was terrific. He actually, you know, th- those passes he was making have been turnovers. Yeah, true. Well, that, that leads my question. All right, we're going full circle. How does it stack up against the way Syracuse defends now they're playing so much more man-to-man? How does that work out? Well, I, they won't switch as much, Syracuse, but uh, you can create some matchups. You can put some people in ball screens. They will switch two through uh, one through three some, maybe even sometime one through four. Uh, Syracuse doesn't steal it. They speed you, try to speed you up more, which won't be the worst thing because then you get, get some plays ahead of the defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Syracuse has the rim protection that they need, and they're not as physical. I think Huntley Hatfield could have a big game. Mm. Uh, I, I think that when he gets touches, whether it's off penetration, whether it's off some of the post-up misdirection stuff they do for him, uh, I think that established to him is important. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's a winnable game for Louisville. And I keep on going back to the same thing. Can you show progress with the freshman sophomore? Yeah. Well. And, and I include Hadley. I mean, like, you know, obviously you hadn't, and then you had that win, and you look like you had a decent crowd. I couldn't tell from watching the tape back, but, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, look, the kids, are they, they continue to compete. And maybe they're getting everyone on the same page. You know, they've had a lot of distractions. You know, some of them self-inflicted, some of them just, you know, immaturity. So, I, I always said, you know, you look at it, everything will be valued at the end of the season. I mean, you know, how, you know, do we have a good enough foundation? Can you take two guys from the portal, take this group, and how good can we be? 
the league's not, you know, like, here's the deal. Like, the Big 12 has got to figure it out. They played no one in a non-conference. Everyone gained by a zillion points. Everyone had great efficiency, so they had, everyone had a great net. Now they beat each other up, and everyone's in the conversation <laughs> to make the NCAA tournament. That's what that's what happened. I mean, you can you'd say, you know, say what you want. I remember, I, you know, when I was in the ACC, it was, oh, you can play a schedule like that. People talk about my schedule. Come on, give me a break, man. I played a bad schedule when I started for a freshman. I mean, but, I mean, the, the Big 12's non-conference schedule. You eliminate Kansas and you eliminate Baylor? You've got, of the rest of the field, you've got 10 that are in the 280s to 300 non-conference strength of schedule in the net. But because they smoke those people, all right, and their efficiency numbers are high, now all those games have become quad one wins. So so essentially we're talking to, um, uh, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, anyway, we were talking about it on the show last week. Person to be named later. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hate getting older like that. He's, uh, but anyway, but, and they, the, the point that was brought up was I didn't realize how much, for lack of a better word, gaming the system there is going on with the yeah, I, with I the call it manipulating the system. Yeah, but isn't that true of any system, though, to some degree? I mean, Yeah, especially being that no one knows really what the system is. Dan Bonner, by, Dan Bonner, by the way, is who I was talking to. Right, sorry yeah. about that. I mean, like you manipulate the system. You're manipulating the numbers. So how do you manipulate numbers? Well, there's, you know, maybe an AD on the committee that knows the, knows the formula. And he shares it with the league, and the league says, well, wait a second here. we got to change our scheduling philosophy. Unless we're Kansas or Baylor, who we know is going to win at a high level, you know, maybe we should play this schedule. Doesn't it, pro- doesn't it kind of promote running the score up on people, though? A hundred percent. Why do you think Steve Forbes left his team against Syracuse the other night? I mean, seriously, that uh, is that good? How's that good for anybody? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, that, that, that's you know, what's happening because one of the other systems they use, God knows which one I'm talking about because it's been so long. But I mean, they used to KPI. Ca- you got the yeah. I'm saying they used to cap. They used to cap the value of wins to some degree. I mean, it was, and then it, I mean, almost you know you weren't rewarded. You beat a team by ten, and I beat them by. 30, I didn't get much more of a reward than you did if they were the same thing, if they were both on the but road. It's not or just that, it's also your efficiency. So they're, they're so using... If you play a bad team, and you know what? You're making shots, and you're stopping them from making shots. Three-point field goal percentage is such, and your offensive rebounding percentage is such, and your, you know, your two-point percentage is such, and theirs was obviously horrific. That factors in, too. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, but... Um... You need to get the dice on straightness stuff out. No, seriously, though, I mean, you know, it, because I'm I'm of the Al Davis school. Basically, it was just win, baby. I mean, so if they're winning, I don't, I don't. What do I care? I mean, like Louisville the other day, did they lose points for this? They scored a hundred and whatever it was, hundred one point. They only made three three point field goals the whole game. They were three of eleven. They were they were terrible behind the three point. When was the last? When was the last time that happened? That they that team scored a hundred with a uh, I think it was medicine balls and black socks probably like the mid nineteen fifties I'm going to guess. Seriously, I mean, yeah. what was the last time that happened? That's what I'm saying. So I don't. So do they? They somehow punished for that? They they probably didn't fit the it model. Yeah, well, that's yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean if there was a conversation, uh, three point percentage is surely part of it. I'm sure efficiency. That's kind of nutty, but whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens there. I'm interested to see what happens in Kentucky. Uh, you know, I think that. Uh, you know, Lacau's used to being, you know, like the one thing he's got to do, he's got to put blinders on because how he, how he reacts to all this stuff, his team will react. So, he, you know, his most important thing is walking to practice with a bounce in his step, well-rested, ready to coach his team. I mean, that's, you know, and, you know, he's got guys that he can put in position to be successful. And, he you know, just stay focused on what, what I call putting Band-Aids on the problems. Put Band-Aids on the problems. Figure out your team. You've got – you understand that there's still five weeks left in this season. Yeah, no, I so, – I, I, so I, He's I, got like, – like, to me, I think it's invigorating because, you know, you have you, – you've added bodies midseason, which kind of messes up your chemistry a little bit. It's almost like when I look at UConn. UConn's killing people, but their team is invigorated not because they're winning – because Donovan Klingon just got back, he's not even he's not even in good enough shape yeah. to play the way he's capable of playing. So, like as a coach, as as a team, you're invigorated about. Man, we got Donovan back. You know, we got these options. We can keep our team kind of moving in the right direction. We keep them engaged because we're doing new things. It's not the same thing over and over and over again. 
man, that's fun coaching. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a very interesting postseason tournament. I don't think there's any question about that. And it's going to be an interesting run-up to the postseason. The conference tournaments are going to be pretty damned interesting also based on what we're seeing. But I just uh, um, I do wonder right now, to your point, have we – I mean, you got to you got to say UConn is elite, Purdue's elite, and Carolina's elite, right? Or am I wrong? I mean, when you put the... I, think, I think Purdue and UConn are in a class by themselves. Do you really? Carolina's in, in in the conversation. Arizona's in the conversation. They just don't always guard, and they don't take good shots all the time. Yeah, I, I, I think is that fewer about- teams than usual though to be this late in the season and not have a more definitive list of quote unquote elite teams. Well, I, you know, I think I think Kentucky and Alabama are in the conversation for for teams that can make deep runs. You know, I think that I mean, I think depend again matchups. I think I think Alabama, I think Auburn can make maybe make a deep run. I think that you know Wisconsin in the right matchups can make a deep run, but I think that Purdue, you know, the whole narrative on Purdue, oh, they're backcourt, they're backcourt, yeah, they're back. Yeah, go watch Lance Jones. Go watch Braden Smith. Find me four better point guards than Braden Smith. Because if you do, I thought Matt Painter had a great line. If he's not one of the top ten point guards in the country, please go get a job. I want to play you. <laughs> that is a good line. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, come on, man. All Braden Smith does is guard. He's he's Aaron Kraft with a jumper. Okay. He guards, mm-hmm. passes, he rebounds. He's annoying. <laughs> He's great in ball screens. Lance Jones is a bad dude. Did a great job on AJ Store last night. He can defend. You know, he's averaging 17 a game over the last seven games, shooting like almost 40% from the three. He's a relentless defender. He rebounds his position. Lawyer makes shots, can feed the post. They got three different front court guys that play differently. Gillis plays differently than first, who plays differently than Crawford Wren. I mean, like, the narrative is because, oh, they lost to St. Pete and they lost to – that's great. You know, good for Harvard on a hack and sack. You know, that, that can happen in a tournament. But, I mean, what, look at their team play. Like, watch their team play and then figure it out. Uh, Seth Greenberg's with us. A couple of quickies before we go, real fast. One, I'm looking at these box scores, and every game I see, I see two officials' names I know and a third person I have never heard of before. Did they make a concerted effort to bring in new officials this year or just coincidence? Yeah, I think it's part of the process. You know, you, you got – look, some of those guys can't officiate forever. I mean, you know, there was a day that Dick Picaro officiated. There was a day that John Clarity officiated. Now, there's a young John Clarity. Uh, you know, there was a day that – Lenny Wirtz officiated. Mm. You know, those guys can't officiate forever, so you you got to continue. You know, you know TV it... can't officiate together. Roger Ayers can't officiate forever. I mean, Mike Eads is overseeing officiating, officiating in the SEC now. I mean, so you've got to develop the next generation of officials, and you've got to put them with good crews on big games to get them ready to be the lead guy. You know, in big games, so. Yeah, I think I think that I think you probably that's a good observation. One other one. I think this is complete absolute based in no facts or figures or nothing. Just me sitting there one day bored thinking. Uh, offenses are way up in the NBA. Certainly, the, the use of the three-point shot—they're up. They're up tremendously in college. You don't see teams seemingly hanging their hat on defense. I think Houston stands out even more because they're one of the few teams that seems to try and do that. And, and I'll be honest with you—they were not all that good defensively at, at Kansas. Now that's a tall order, but my point is, I don't think coaches are demanding as much defensively as they did years ago because of the portal. Because guys don't want to be pushed defensively. You know that they're much more fun to get them to play offense so all right let's go out and play offense and try and win 100 to 95 because if i try and make you guys win 65 to 60 i'm going to come back from halftime and you're all going to be in the portal and i don't <laughs> think they push them what do you think about that theory? Well, i think first the rules are all, all for the offense that helps yeah i mean every rule you know the hand check the physicality you can't bump cutters you know, you can't. You know, you, uh, you know the the, the, res- the the charge block rule. You know, you, damn rocket, racket, man. No one's taking. You can't get a charge. True. No racket. Odds are that every time you racket, like think about the end of the game the other night. Uh, you know, everyone was losing their mind. Oh my God! You know, uh, I forgot who it was from North Carolina. He got fouled. 
Well, no, he he, he didn't get fouled. That was one of the few times. But Tyrese Proctor got fouled. They uh, allegedly when he drove to the basket. So, I mean, like drive the ball, get to the pass basket. I also think the three point shooting. The more guys that are shooting three, I think people are playing at a faster pace in terms of flowing right into their offense. So there are more possessions on the game, and you know the whole idea of well, you're afraid to coach your team, or you, you know you're not demanding. You might be right, and then I'll, I'm going to I'm going to follow it up by that stupidity. All right, it's stupidity. If you're afraid to coach your team because you're worried about a guy going to the portal. All right, shame on well, you. Then uh, you should lose. Yes, but no. Of all people, Rick Pitino, and I realize when he loses, and I, we love Rick, but when he loses, this is kind of his modus operandi. I used to do this oh, here. He's going to he's he, going ch- to change the narrative. He's going to talk about everybody except the game. He talks about politics, business, construction. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. Well, his t- okay. but but he's often right about whatever he's talking about. And and in this case, he's talking about the NCAA and the portal. And what his statement was, though, a guy that got seven or eight guys in the portal. But he also he got, said. He got the wrong one. Yeah, but he also said you can't build a culture the way it's set up now because they're all going to leave. Well, if he's worried about guys leaving, I think everybody's worried about guys leaving. So, Or a- just get the guys. Yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone's worried about guys leaving. But you know what? If you show you can help them get better, if you show you have a chance to win, if you show you can get guys to the league, if you show you you know, you know, can you know, spend time with them off the court, uh, then you, know, you can keep them. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, they've lost five or six. Something's going to happen. You know, he's you know, you know, the week before it was, you know, look, Rick, Rick's an incredible, incredible coach. He's a brilliant guy. But, like, he poked Hurley, poked Hurley, poked Hurley two weeks before. Yeah. And he was smart. He didn't react one time. Good move, Dan Hurley. Because then, you know, every time you react, what happens? It becomes a bigger story. Right. You know, and he kept, he kept focused on what he could control, his team. And, you know... Rick's going to do a great job at St. John's. He's 100% the right coach for St. John's. He's not even an iota of doubt. But, you know, look, yeah, it, it's the same for everyone. You know, recruit, you know, like, like to me, you know, the biggest mistake they made, they didn't keep A.J. Store. They didn't keep. They didn't keep Dave Jones. No, he's, he's better than the dude they're playing with right now. He didn't. He didn't. The man didn't keep Red Auerbach. So why should we be surprised? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean. So I mean, and I love Rick. I mean, no, I, we all I, do. I, I admire him. We all do. But I mean, yeah. he, he, here's the deal. I mean, so look, I, I, I I'm just. I mean, I, I just believe that, that the notion that you're afraid to set a standard for your team. And hold your team to that standard because of the portal, to me, is stupidity. It's a recipe for disaster. Well, it's just like, to what I mean, if you can't hold your team to a standard, and you can't demand excellence, you can't demand a competitive spirit, you can't demand guys to play hard every play, you might as well, you might as well just say that, you know, what it is, this is a glorified, uh, you know, AAU summer league. Yeah, True. We're glory. All right, hey, pick play. You playing in the back gym at UNLV? All right, here we go. I right, game at three o'clock. You played your first one at ten, but you know, you turn around your pool. You're playing your second game at three o'clock. So don't play too hard. I won't ask you to guard anyone. That's okay. If you don't guard anyone, you get a chance to guard them at three o'clock. Oh man, I mean, and, I, and that's I'm not being. I'm just saying. If I coached, I'd coach my team hard, and I'd love them harder. That's what I would do. Well, well, fair enough. Good enough. Hey, listen, I will see you in Syracuse, my friend. Yay. So that's yeah, pretty wait. cool. Now you, got, you got me thinking maybe I'm going to drive it. Yeah, right. Well, God, that, for me, uh, the trade-off for me would be more sleep. So I, I would like that. But yeah, you, that's yeah. three more hours sleep. Yeah, that's good. That's a good deal. All right, brother. All travel right. safe. I'll see you. Later. All right, bye. Seth Greenberg with us. Very good. Seth has grown on me, Texter says. I look forward to your interviews with him. Well, good, because I do, too, because I like... Uh, Seth, we've played against each other in high school. We've known each other a long, long time. All right, we'll get our break in, and then we'll come back and uh, see if we can do a, a uh, I think we're doing a conference call. I don't know. I'm very often outside the loop on these things, but that'd probably be what we're going to do next. And if I have time, I'll see if I can throw in a spontaneous money line parlay. We'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll give it a go. So that's coming up next here on ESPN 680-1057. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. 
with video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. It's time to replace your heating and air system. We know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Be a part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. It's a little bit better than even money. All right, we got a, a money line parlay we'll give you in a bit, but let's do a uh, let's do a um, conference call. Conference call first. So do we have product productivity for it? Yeah, can you click the uh, conference call open there, Tanner? And then I've given you all the cart numbers. It might take a second. Because uh, I wasn't sure the computer was working. Why do we call them cart numbers? They don't use they haven't used carts in twenty years. I don't know. That's just kind of the thing. Well, same way we say tape, and there's no tape. Right. right. Hello. 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 Hey, go. All right. Did you send it to me? Because if not, I uh, should be in your email. No, I can't do that. You'll have to read it. You have it, don't you? Don't you have it? No. Yes, maybe. Because, uh, um... All right, let me I do, I do. I, I, I because I was going to get these standings up and do all that stuff, but, uh... Well, I, got, I got the call. All right, go ahead. Tee it up. All right, so the first one, Tanner, if you got it ready, uh, we got the call by Jones Angel from Learfield. Jones Angel. As Harrison Ingram. Jones Angel. Do, 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 do. Please be, be mine. Bum, 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 bum. Harrison Ingram hits a three-pointer. Uh, North Carolina beat number seven, Duke, 93-84. R.J. Davis dribbles into the right corner. Wraps around the perimeter. Goes right back into the corner to Ingram again. Another triple. His fifth of the night. Yeah, I mean, they're good. There's no getting around it. Seth doesn't have them in the elite yet. They're third in the country, but he thinks the the teams one and two have distanced themselves in his mind. That's all we're doing is give an opinion. UConn and Purdue. Carolina's third in the country. Uh, uh, Armando Baycott seemed a little chesty after the game, talking about the, the league goes through him. I'm not sure. I Considering he's got a guy in his team that will probably be the player of the year ahead of him. Uh, RJ's, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, but a good win for them, no question. They have a two-game lead in the conference standings right now over uh, Virginia, who will be in action tonight against Miami. Um, also, by the way, in terms of uh, let me find out. This is a wild league. I mean, and, and being at home seems to be a, a great advantage for everybody except poor Clemson. They lost to UVA at home 66-65, but everybody else won at home over the weekend, including Louisville, of course, nine-point winners. Miami beat Virginia Tech by eight. NC State beat Georgia Tech by six. Pitt beat Notre Dame by ten. Wake beat Syracuse by 29. So home court advantage uh, in the ACC, a big, big deal to say the least, uh, no question. And uh, the next game for Louisville will test that because because they play a Syracuse team that's only lost once at home all year. They are 10-1 at home. All right, where are we going next? All right, next we are heading to the Big Ten. The call by Rob Blackman from Learfield as number two Purdue beats number six Wisconsin 75-69. Nice. A siege and a three at the horn. No good, and Purdue will win this game. The Purdue Boilermakers escape Madison, Wisconsin with a 75-69 win. Over the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm going to Wisconsin later on this year. I haven't been to a game there, and I don't remember if I ever have, to be honest. It's been a long time if I have. I think it was one a while ago, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but Purdue with a road win, again, not insignificant. The only other game in the Big Ten yesterday was uh, Illinois beating Nebraska in overtime at home, 87-84. Uh, over the course of the weekend, Indiana not able to – the big home court advantage not as big a deal in the in the uh, Big Ten in these games. Got a lot had to do with the matchups. Wisconsin lost at home. On Saturday, Indiana lost to Penn State at home by 14. That was very disappointing. And there's grumblings going on in Bloomington, to say the least. Minnesota beat Northwestern in overtime at home. Uh, Michigan lost to Rutgers by 10 at home. 
Michigan really having a troubling year. Michigan State continues to bounce back. They beat the fighting Kevin Willard 63-54. So if you look at that conference, Purdue, the game-and-a-half lead over Illinois, they're 10-2, and two, Illinois, Illinois and Wisconsin. Wisconsin are both 8-3, and three, and Purdue a perfect 11-0 so far at home. I think I know where we're going next. Uh, yes, indeedy. We are going to the SEC, where it just matters more. The call by Bob Kessling from Weirfield is Josiah Jordan-James, Triple J, hits a three-pointer in the second half, helping number 5 Tennessee beat number 10 Kentucky 103-92. Ziegler drives on Shepard, goes back to the left, goes to the basket, kicks it off to James in the corner. James pulls up, fires, got it! All day long! All day long! I like that. It did just like he did. That was good. Well, three ninety-two. Kentucky's defense leaving much to be desired. Uh, they go down despite an unbelievable game from Dillingham. He was thirty-five off the bench. Yeah, no, he's good at basketball. Uh, home teams that lost on this day were Georgia lost to surging South Carolina, who finally, perhaps belatedly, got in the rankings this week. They deserve that. They win by ten on the road. Florida just. Lost on the road to A&M. They beat him 67-66. But the only game on Saturday that went to the visitors was, in addition to that Tennessee game, was South Carolina uh, beating Georgia. So uh, anybody else lose at home? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed Auburn also beat Ole Miss uh, on the road. So three road teams get wins in the SEC. And the standings right now, Alabama 8-1. South Carolina and Auburn a game back at 7-2. South Carolina up to 15th in the standings. So they make their debut uh, with a bullet, and uh, Tennessee at six and two is a half game behind those other two. So there you go. Where are we go now? All right, we are heading to the Big Twelve. Uh, I wasn't able to get a call of you guys. I'm very sad about that. God but dang! I looked everywhere. The call from Brian Haney on Learfield as Hunter Dickinson scores in the post, and the Jayhawks take a 72-58 lead on the Cougars. Number eight Kansas beating number four Houston 78-65. We get it inside to Dickinson, back and down, turns, a pirouette, and he takes Roberts to school. An easy lay-in for Big Hunt, and the KU lead is 14. It's nice of him. Is it just me? Take him to school. Has Dickinson kind of gone to that Drew Timmy territory where it feels like he's been in college for like 10 years? Not as much as Baycott. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Yeah. He's really good, by the Close, way. but yeah, not quite. He is really good. I, th- I think it's a major factor is that he transferred from Michigan to Kansas, so it feels Maybe. like he's been there for like Could years. Be. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not on like Perry Ellis, like Kihei Clark territory, but yeah, it's it's getting up there. He is, you, you have to watch him closely to appreciate how good he is, because he's not spectacular. But you watch every possession, his footwork giving an angle so his teammates can pass him the ball, knowing exactly what to do with it when he gets it. He's a really good passer out of the post. Houston is very, very good at doubling with two bigs, and he rarely made a mistake in this game uh, in terms of what he did with the basketball. He was uh, very good throwing it out. He had four assists, eight rebounds, scored 20 points, uh, tipped in his own misses a couple of times. He's left-handed, but he made a couple of tips with his right hand. He's just he's really, really a, a tremendous player and when they get the kind of productivity they got out of Furphy who was wow six of seven for 17 points McCuller who's as good as anybody in the league they shot it almost unbelievably against this Houston defense they were 31 for 45 69 percent shooting nice I was listening to the game oh my god McCuller was seven for eight here's the starters Dickinson was the only guy who oh man he couldn't make a shot he was nine for 15 (laughs) Adams was four for five Furphy was six for seven Harris was three for four and McCuller was seven for eight Furphy was everywhere he was terrific in the first He's fun, too. I mean, they love him with good reason. He rebounds. He's fearless. He goes in there. He mixes it up. He shoots threes. He dunks. He's, he's, and he should only be in high school. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a, oh, yeah. He's a, the Australian kid, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's old man Furphy's kid. Uh, in the Big 12, Kansas and Houston tied now at 6-3. and three. Baylor and uh, I, Iowa State and Texas Tech all just a half game behind. Listen, I love the ACC. I grew up on the ACC. This league is the best basketball yeah, Cincinnati in the country, knocked and off it's big. not even close. I mean, when you when you add teams very often for football, which is what drives the bus, then very often you roll your eyes because, oh, man, it really diluted us basketball-wise. Uh, hello? 
<laughs> they hit it Houston, who's fifth in the country. Cincinnati, who's got a great history. They're just four and five, just four and five in the league, but they're fifteen and seven. UCF is four and five, and they've had some very, very good wins. BYU is twenty first in the country. The rich just got richer. That league is a bear. Yeah. So good. So good. Are we done? The bear cat. Cincinnati knocked off Texas Tech over the weekend yes, too. They did. Uh two more, pack two. Colin Learfield is Omar Ballo made dunk. That's that's Gallo. Did you say Ballo? <laughs> Sorry, Gallo. Gallo. No, it's the there's a typo here. Made dunk in the second half. Number eleven Arizona beating Stanford eighty two seventy one. Up by four, three twenty eight to go. As Bradley brings it across midcourt to Lewis, back out to Jaden Bradley. Dribble drive left to Love. Love around a hard pick from Ballo. Throw it back inside for Omar and slam it down. Team for O seventy one sixty five Arizona. So forward to looking at see Arizona in person. I have them for against Washington February twenty fourth. That should be sexy and tasty. That's, uh, looking forward to that one because uh, this league is uh, only got one one solamente uno ranked team. Arizona's eighth in the country at eight and three, but Oregon's pretty good, fifteen and seven, seven and four. Washington State quietly seven and four, sixteen and six, and uh, Stanford six. There's there's uh, UCLA, Colorado, Utah, Stanford, Washington State, Oregon, Arizona, all with winning records in the league play. Oddly enough, UCLA struggling outside the league. They're just eleven and eleven overall. Um, usually it's the other way around. Teams go out the league, stack up on wins, and then you know get in the league and just try and stay above water. But mixed team has had some trouble outside the conference. But it's a good league. Not a great league, but a pretty good and balanced league as uh, Arizona gets the, the win there. All right, we got one more to do. Big East, call by Mike Crispino from Learfield as Cam Spencer knocks down a three, and the Yukon Huskies take a 69-nice 54 lead over the Red Storm in the second half. Number one Yukon beating St. John 77-64. Now kicks it over to Cam. Cam starts to his right, turns and fires the three and hits. Oh, what a delivery. Sweet music by Spencer, and he gets fired up. 69 to 54, nice. UConn. UConn 20 and 2 now. Dropping Rick Pitino's team to their fifth loss in their last six games. They're five and six overall in the league. Uh, in first place, UConn, not surprisingly, number one in the league, number one in the country. Marquette has surged back after a rough start. Seventh in the country, second place at eight and three, and Creighton at seven and four. Those are the three ranked teams in the Big East Conference. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Unless you know something, I'll be with you tomorrow. Thanks to Tonga in the back and Nick here, and always you for being with us. He has been. 680-1057.